Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast. Do you realize that 70% of people are disengaged at work? I don't think it's an overstatement to call that a tragedy, actually, because it affects the bottom lines of organizations, certainly, but it has a negative impact on all the people that work there, and their families, and the community at large. Nobody's talking about this. Well, on this podcast, we are going to talk about it. Hi, welcome back to the John Harrison Podcast. My name is Tanner Hubbard. Uh, look forward to talking with John, Melissa, and Brianna uh, here today to uh, cover a topic which we call active listening. It's not a new concept. Uh, it's been out there for a long time. We actually talk about this a little more in depth in our uh, training sessions, both for leadership and frontline employees. Uh, so we're not going to go real you know, techie on what it means and, and all of that. We just want to talk about how it's been applied or could be applied in our lives. Uh, but if it is a new concept for you, or if just to make sure we're on the same page, in simple terms, we talk about active listening being playing back what the other person has said, right? So instead of just responding immediately to somebody when they've brought up a maybe a frustration or a stress or whatever, you're kind of playing back the situation, the, the conversation and, and kind of bullet points maybe to say, okay, I'm understanding you to say X, right? And, and here's kind of the, the feeling I'm getting, you know, you're frustrated because of X just making sure that they're in agreement that yes, that I'm frustrated because X, Y, Z. And then now you are both on the same page of kind of where you're headed as opposed to just taking something at face value uh, and running with it. Cause sometimes you can be off there. So that's, that's kind of all the definition I'll give you, but that's, that's the concept we're talking about. Um, so John, I'll throw it to you first, just in, in your world at Caterpillar in the year since then, um, you know, leading your own team here at the John Harrison company, how have you seen active listening be helpful, useful, maybe an example of how, how you've used that? Clearly, we've incorporated the training for a reason. So what, do you, what value do you see this adding? Well, I think if anything, and Tanner hit this um, well, but I think it's to understanding <clears throat> the emotion that the people are feeling at the time and the reason for the emotion. So it could be stress. It could be anxious. It could be frustrated. It could be angry. Now, some of you, when you hear that, get all concerned and go, oh my gosh, it's all about emotions today. Are people too emotional? And yes, there's certainly some of that. But I think it's important if you get awkward early, which is what we talk about. If someone comes to you and they are sharing something with you, what is, is it frustration? Is it anger? Is it anxiety? Just at least get there first because you might automatically assume they're angry and you might automatically assume they're frustrated. Well, maybe that's not it at all. Maybe they're confused about you know, direction. So I think getting that done first, but what I've seen it do is it generally leads to much calmer conversations because you hear them out. They know you're listening. They know you play it back. So, cause they might say, no, no, I'm not angry about this. I'm frustrated because of the, Oh, okay. Cause that sends the conversation down a whole new path. So I think especially for those analytical beaver type people out there, you want to solve things and you want to fix it. And I was like that. And this topic is very helpful at home, by the way, because there are spouses that want to fix things to, for the other spouse. And I think sometimes just letting that person vent a little bit and not trying to solve it. So to me, it does, it, it shows that you care because you're letting them talk and letting them get their emotion on the table, so to speak, but you're not trying to just fix it and move on. For some other beavers, they might go, well, thank you for that. Thank you for solving my problem. But most people would go, he or she really didn't even listen to what was going on. They just tried to fix it. So for me, it is part of that kind of knowing your people. They know you care, but it leads to much better conversations, in my opinion, than not antagonistic or awkward. Yeah. So for me, as a, a lion in the workplace, primarily, I struggled with 
listening uh, just because I was so task oriented and I was trying to get things checked off my list and, you know, what's priority, what do I need to be focused on today? And still yet, you know, folks would come into my office and either want to vent or they were having an emotional day or uh, something to that nature. So um, I had actually read an article somewhere at some point that talked about how the word silent um, was equally important in listening. And if you rearrange the letters in the word silent, you get listen. So I had kind of just trained myself to literally turn away from my computer, turn away from my uh, phone or whatever was going on in the office and just truly listen. Um, and that was something that didn't come easy for me, really, um, because I was so task oriented and just driven to get the work done. But So, Melissa, I think what's important about that is especially task oriented people, which most people are that we deal with. You can think if this person comes into chat, that's going to be a waste of time or it's going to it's going to cause you not to get a few more things done instead of looking at it like, OK, maybe this 20 or 30 minute conversation is really going to save much more time than that and it's going to get the person back to be engaged again and longer term view and th and that's hard right because that that is a relational concept to think okay i don't really have time for this today but i'm now again that doesn't mean it's a two-hour conversation but you can say i'm going to give this person 15 minutes and again if you if you i think if we think about that beforehand is so important because if we actually verbally said that I'll give you 15 minutes. And you know there's people that are like that in the workplace. Say, okay, I've got five minutes, sit down. Well, it almost seems like, you know, I'm so important and I'm really gonna be generous now and give you 300 seconds of my life. I think that's really off-putting to people. So I would never have it feel like that, but say, but you can say, now just letting you know, I've got a meeting at 10 o'clock. So if this needs to be a longer conversation, but, but I think that just getting over that, this is gonna suck you know, time out of my day and I'm not going to get as much done. It's really important. Well, and so much of what we talk about the VIP way, we, we've used this analogy before that it is going to take some time, some intentionality now. Um, and I get it that we don't have time for that, right? Lots of companies don't have time for stuff, but you know what we do have time for is dysfunction and the difficult conversations that come from not having difficult conversations <laughs> and dealing with disgruntled employees and all of that stuff. We make time for that because we have to, right? Because it's forced upon us. So it, this is just one of those mechanisms, these tools that you can use uh, when you're actively listening to your folks. Yes, it takes more time now, but you are saving more time in the long run. And, and not only that, but John, you said this a lot, especially as of late, even if nothing else changed, and you know your company didn't make a dime more from exercising the VIP way and doing some of what we think are these healthy concepts in your workplace, but people went home feeling better and went home and impacted people in a different way because of their time at work, then it would all be worth, worth it. it. But we also think it will help you make more money and that's not our pitch. We're not saying, you know we're not giving any statistics on that because it's our pitch isn't about your company being more revenue successful. It's about the people's lives being enriched and, and being more healthy. And we think active listening is one of those tools. And I think, yeah, to my manufacturing listeners out there, <clears throat> the, the concept of preventative maintenance is very, you know, makes a lot of sense to manufacturing people. You shut machinery down to make it run for the long haul. Some of these conversations are exactly the same thing that you're, you might spend 15 minutes with somebody, same at home. You might talk to your teenager uh, for 30 minutes and it may not always be the most fun conversation, but those little building blocks will help in the long run big time. We always thought some of our best time with our kids is when they were in the car. They're not going anywhere. 
Um, we didn't let them not always have earbuds in and all that stuff because generally they weren't invented a lot of times back then. But but we those were great conversation times that I think even now our daughters can play back and go, yeah, I remember talking about that 10 years ago. That was preventative maintenance, basically. Brianna, I know I have examples from my kids from doing this, and I'm sure we all do. But have you? I'm sure you've seen active listening at work at home with your kids as well. Well, and it's funny now because I think when the kid, well, I, I still have one young child, but I have a teenager now and there's definite, she can definitely recognize when I'm actually listening and when I'm just, yeah. you uh-huh, know, uh-huh. letting yeah, her yeah. talk. Yeah. 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 Yes. The, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> but definitely using the active listening, repeating, restating what they're saying. And I know we talk about this in the sessions. It's not necessarily giving approval to what they're saying or making a decision one way or the other, but just hearing what they, they said and that they are heard and then, you know, recognizing those things. And, and sometimes like John mentioned, it's clarification on what they said because they may show something, but then that's not necessarily the the root of that. And so. Well, and I, I have example. I'll share one here in just a second. Examples of my kids too, but I do think we sometimes feel like it stops at a kid level. Like no adults want to be heard as well. Right. And I mean, granted, you don't want to treat adults like children. I'm not saying belittle anyone, but sometimes we're like, Oh, they're mature. They're older. You know, who cares? It's like, no, they, they're a human being and they want to know that you care and invest in what they say. This just happened, um, this morning coming before we came to our podcast and recording here this morning. Um, I was getting ready to leave the house and my oldest son, Jack, who's five now, I have three kids, uh, three kids, five and under, uh, all boys. And my oldest, he says, he sees me getting ready. He says, dad, is this a homework day? And of course you got to dissect that a little bit. He meant, are you working from home today? Right. But he said, is this a homework day? And I wasn't cause I mean, he kind of knew I wasn't cause I was getting ready. I was like, no, I've, I've got to go. I've got to go, you know, do some work with my team. And, um, so I won't be home today. And I've had several days in the last few weeks where I have been home. And so he could kind of sense this was off and he kind of just, he didn't say anything else, but he could just kind of see his face. Right. And I could have just left it there, gone to work. Right. No big deal. He's five. But you don't, I was just like, okay, he's digesting that he's processing that. So is it, is it, is it, um, sad or I don't remember the exact word I use, but is it sad or is it frustrating? You know, do you not like it when daddy has to go to work? He's like, Sometimes I do, <laughs> and it just, but it just helping him process that. And he, and I was like, well, you're going to be a good helper with mommy, right? And your two little brothers, he's like, yeah. And he's just kind of resigning himself to like, he's going to be the man of the house at five years old, you know, I guess. Um, but it just taking that time to like, I could sense that something was off and it wasn't a big deal. He wasn't throwing a fit and you know, that'll come later. I'm sure when I get home. Um, but he was just realizing like, okay, this is going to be a different day than I'm used to. And daddy's not going to be here and I can't go, you know, just go into his office here at home and talk to him or whatever. And so me just stopping him and like, you know, is that, is that something that's bothering you right now? Just allowed him to kind of acknowledge the feeling that he was having. Right. And that's really all he needed at that point. It wasn't a big deal. He wasn't frustrated by it. Um, but the fact that I stopped, tried to stop and recognize because I don't always do that, especially with these five, three little kids don't always do that. You're just trying to put out fires a lot of the time. So just recognizing that he felt some way about it and, giving him the space to validate that and be like, that's okay. It's okay to be frustrated that daddy's not having a homework day today. Um, and so uh, again, back to my original point, like I said, off of your last comment, Brianna, we forget that adults are humans too, right? And adults have those feelings at different levels for sure, but not giving the space for that, not validating that it's just going to create more frustration and, and more, you know, pushing it down, pushing it down until it blows up sometime. And, and I think we, we miss that in the workplace a lot. 
And it, it doesn't matter if you agree. Like you, you could say so to an employee. So you're not feeling recognized enough in our workplace. And you could be thinking to yourself, we recognize you all the time. Like we do this and this. Yeah. And, I mean, you don't have to, but you can say, I just want to make sure I understand. Or you don't feel like you're paid enough or you don't, you want to travel more or you want to travel less. like you, that's not the time in your brain to go, what are you talking about? Like, man, I would be thrilled to be traveling. You went to some really cool places. You know, that's not the point. Just, I want to make sure I get, and in this case, if, if Jack told his dad, yes, I'm upset that you're going to work and I'm going to, you know, go, you know, throw a fit or throw a fork across the room and break something. You go, no, that, that's not going to fly. But, but I think sometimes we think, well, in the old days, we wouldn't have even done that. We, we just told employees what to do and they did it. And so I think it's, Again, if someone is over-emotional and every day is a struggle, that's a different story. But, but letting just someone kind of say how they're feeling at the moment. By the way, I think 80% of what they feel at work can also be stuff that happens at home. They're feel, they're, they've had an argument with their spouse. Their parents are sick. They're whatever. Like letting them get that off their chest for a few minutes is, is huge. I, w- I wouldn't suggest anybody take parenting advice from me. But I, <laughs> one thing I've tried to be, just instill in our boys from an early age is not correcting them about their feelings, but about how they're responding to that. So I'll tell Jack all the time, who's five years old and has a fit every, you know, 10 minutes at the house is something goes off. Is I, it's okay to be frustrated, but you can't handle your frustration that way, right? Whether it's yelling at mom or throwing something or beating up his little brother or whatever. So I'm not, I'm trying not to correct him about his frustration because you can't stop that. We're all going to have feelings, right? We're all going to have emotions that sometimes we can't control and they come up, but what we can control is how we respond. And I do think that's a very applicable thing at work. And again, I'm not trying to oversimplify it, but it's okay to have feelings at work and have feelings of frustration and anger and disappointment and even bitterness at times, but it's how you work through that, how you respond to that. And again, I think active listening can help help you empower someone else to even figure out what's going on because they're just feeling the raw emotion of it and you can peel that but help them peel it back and be like okay here's what's actually going on and here's you know how I can handle that in a productive way instead of just lashing out yeah I just I wanted to kind of go back to the comment for a second that John said earlier in the example like you know if I only have 15 minutes right you state that you state that in a way that still makes yourself approachable as a leader but it's also okay to say, you know, I only have 15 minutes. I'm willing to sit down and chat with you. But then at the end of that conversation, you you say something to the effect of, I heard what you said. A lot of what you had to say was emotional. Um, it's sensitive to you right now. And I want you to know I'm going to think about that. I need some time to process what you've said before I respond. So, I mean, particularly as lions and beavers, you know, we all want to fix it. We want to bring it, bring a solution to the table immediately or respond immediately. But it is totally okay to say, I need some time to process that. And the, the key piece of that is following up, you know, going back to that individual and saying, you know, I've thought about what you said. I appreciate some of your thoughts and ideas and your feedback, or I understand some of the things you're struggling with right now, but let me give you my perspective on how I thought through that. I think, I think that's incredibly wise because again, we are so much about, I need to respond right now. And I do think as employees out there, you can use this with your boss. If your boss says, I think you could have done a better job on X or I'm frustrated by Y or for you, even as the employee just said, so let me, I want to make sure I understand. So you were, you've been frustrated how I've been acting in meetings or you frustrated by the fact that I've missed a couple of, what, I mean, don't, instead of going, well, 
What, what, of course, yeah, I've got a hundred things on my plate. And it's, I'm, you're, so now you're mad at me that I missed one. Don't, if you ever go down that path, you're not setting yourself up well. And even that might be like, okay, I've heard what you said. I need, I'm going to go home and think about this. By the way, sometimes they go home and they talk to their spouse and they might say, I, I said this to my boss today and their spouse will go, oh, you shouldn't have said, probably shouldn't have said that. I mean, sometimes they need a little time. Yes. And, and I think that's, that's important. Well, thank you all for listening in today. I think this was a, a fun conversation for us to have. We always enjoy talking as a team internally about these uh, different topics. Uh, so hopefully something about active listening and our take on it was helpful to you. Uh, tune in next time and uh, check out what else we have coming your way, uh, wherever it is that you stream your podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for a future episode, you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms.